Welcome to Brothers in Song, the show where some nights we like to have a little fun, but not too much fun. Eh? Oh my gosh. Eh? Eh? What? No All good? Right. So, so I, I have to, what's the over under <laughs> for us saying fun in this episode? I, I would say like, let's keep it under 10 as a challenge to ourselves. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm done. I'm done. I mean... You're done I, with fun. I'm, That's two. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I, you know, I, I have a dad joke quota that I like to stay under for, for the day, you know? Um, but well, uh, knowing, knowing your son, you probably get yeah. like a <laughs> every month, right? <laughs> from him. <laughs> no, he, not even that. He just smirks and walks away from me. <laughs> Just shakes his head. Oh, dad. Yeah. It doesn't stop me, but that's what, that's what happens. Uh, So that's what dads are here for, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, But uh, how how are you doing today, Joe? You know, it's been, it's been a week. Uh, I had a good bit of news at work today, which is good. Um, but uh, it's basically a skating rink, ice rink on my driveway tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I have to go back and check our, our notes. But Dan, I swear, probably like the last 10 episodes we've recorded, it's been raining or snowing. I don't know how we manage it, but <laughs> it's been a <laughs> yeah, lot. That's, that's true. That's true. And uh, like the true you know, tri-state area residents that we are. We complain about it every time, even though that's how winter is. <laughs> well, I got to um, tell you, man, for the first time in my life, I'm like, once my kids get out of school, maybe I don't need to be here every January, February, and March. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to go do like an Airbnb somewhere else. I can work from wherever. I don't know. That's too much info for this podcast, I guess. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I I fully endorse that. Just so you know. Uh, yeah. So let's get yeah, started. Let's of get course. started with a question because uh, as we as we like to do. So I sent this to you a couple of days ago, and uh, mm-hmm. I hope you've had some time to contemplate it because I, I I if I do say so myself, I thought it was a pretty good opening question. So, are you ready, Danny? Uh, ready. If your life was a movie. What was the soundtrack for your party years montage? All right. And you can party years is up to, up to interpretation. I leave that to you right. to distinguish the uh, age range in which you were quote unquote partying. So let's hear it. Yeah, I don't know. I'll just say that there's kind of an ebb and flow to that sort of thing. Um, sure. You know, yeah. not all my partying days were, were in my 20s and whatever. But but I was I was trying to think back to more of my uh you know my my 90s and early 2000s salad days um and and it was a little bit tough because i really really disliked pop and dance music from that era and i still do like there's no nostalgia for me for that for that stuff <laughs> quick digression I, I was in this facebook group that was trying to plan our high school reunion uh 20th one i think it was and and 
they were talking about the prom song. And I know the prom song was by the group Jodeci. But I made mm-hmm. some comment like. Like. Basically saying like I w- couldn't tell Jodeci from, you know, a hole in the wall. And I don't know what the name of the song was now. I, you know, I don't know what the name of the song was then. And I still don't know what the name of the song was. And they deleted my comment. Someone got really offended. The admin got really offended. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back on track. Um, you know, and I think today's pop music is way better. Um, just saying. Um, so this is going to be kind of an eclectic mix of stuff. I try to think of stuff that would like get me amped up and get me excited to go out and get my drink on and stare at women from across the bar who I would never work up the nerve to talk to. Um, <laughs> so these are the songs that kind of like got me, you know, just kind of like pumped up and ready to go out. Uh, so the first song is song two by blur which is i mean it's just heavy dist- distorted guitar and woohoo for two minutes <laughs> and yeah, that's yeah. it <laughs> and when i w- when i was studying in england they would actually play that at the club and i'd like i bet out they would like you know whatever. in bolton they were pu- putting that thing on all the time i bet right oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. um another one that that I liked um, that I would actually uh, play when I was getting ready sometimes um, is uh, Why Can't I Be You by The Cure. This is kind of like a danceable pop rock song and it's got a funky guitar riff and some uh, appropriately 80s sounding synth horns um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are kind of fun. So I I like that one. I also liked uh, Firestarter by The Prodigy. Which which is a mm-hmm. choice piece of grade A '90s electronica that makes you want to dance and fight or fight and dance. I'm not sure which order, but um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you're kind of an Anglophile like I am, the the rapping in a Cockney accent is just choice. Um, okay. And then my final song uh, is uh, "This Is How We Do It." by Montel Jordan. Oh, yeah. And, and that one's kind of like the... Yeah, that's like an... Appro- that one is actually an appropriate party anthem. And I think it's a good one. Um, you know, it's got a good hook. And it, uh, it does have... It's, it's cool, and it's not trying hard, too hard to be cool, I think. And, and that's, and that's yeah, what yeah. I like about it. Um, so those were a few of my choices, you know, maybe not the conventional choices, but I think our listeners well, kind of get where I'm coming just, from at this point. Can I just comment about that Montel Jordan one? Because absolutely, I I know a lot of different types of people in my life. I can't think of one person and be like that song is trash. And if they did, I would have to have <laughs> words with them. That's a good point, right? That's a like, good point. It's like pretty universal. That everybody loves that song. Um, yeah. So I, I, if I may editorialize uh, and take my privilege as a co-host of this show, just to say, for me, uh, one that I remember distinctly from my college days uh, was Usher's Yeah. That one was on constantly when we would go out. And it was it was, mm. it was always fun. It's easy to dance to. Um and then the other one that I thought of, which I, I can't 
recall exactly the first time I heard it, but the the but what I'm thinking of the instance of it was I was in Italy. It was like 2006. The Italian team was playing in the World Cup, and it was the soccer chant, bo, 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 bo. and that's a pop song. If you know what it is, please hit us up for that because. Uh, oh, I know what it. It was on constantly. What is? What, which one is that one? Do you do you remember what the name of that song is? Yeah, that's the white. That's uh, the White Stripes Seven Nation Army. Yes, that's that one. That's one. So that one was also on like quite a bit when I was in my uh, going out days before the kids came along. Um, yeah, and, and I like both those. They're easy to dance to. Um, this was I a very long. Choices. Though this was a very long. Uh, pre- uh, to getting to our discussion tonight about uh, the group Fun. That's number three, Dan. We got to keep it under 10. Um, mm-hmm. Their second album, Some Nights. So uh, Fun is a, that's four, Dan. Let's keep count. Um, you can do that. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the name of the band what are we supposed to do so only if we turn um, it into a pun then it's then it's no good okay okay so um so this group the band was formed by nate roos uh andrew dust and jack antonoff and they released two albums together uh aim and ignite in 2009 and then some nights in 2012 and they've been on hiatus since 2015 it's possible they may get back together but they're all kind of doing their own thing it's totally amicable but um they were all coming out of bands and they came together they met in new york and um they started creating music together and this one i think really put them on the map i think people knew of them when they released um, aim and aim and ignite and that's kind of an interesting album on its own but this one is the one that got a lot of people's attention they won some awards they played some um they played some award shows um and people really got into them i love some indie pop rock i love some pop rock uh so this one was right in my wheelhouse i had listened to many of the tracks on this prior to this episode but never the full album front to back uh dan let me just hear some of your initial thoughts and uh any sort of prior history to fun before we uh took this on for this episode yeah i was really curious about this album because this is one that i feel like I, I really should have listened to um, because I did like the singles uh, off of this. And uh, it's it's very curious because the three big singles off this album were just everywhere. And then for them to like go on hiatus and kind of disappear is really kind of interesting and and, and strange. Um, and they're on their, uh, you know, indefinite hiatus. Um, and, you know, I, I loved those singles. Um, you know, We Are Young, I didn't like that one as much as the other two. 
uh, you know, carry on and the and the title track. But I thought I thought it was really good stuff. Um, and so I was really curious to see what the rest of the album was like. And now that we listened to it, I got to say, I was pretty disappointed. And I think at least from a production perspective, um, I think it's kind of a mess. Um, that was my, uh, you know, initial thought. Um, and, and I think there's a basis for some decent songs here other than the mm-hmm. singles that, that we mentioned. Um, but I feel like it's, it's overproduced and the production choices don't seem to move anything forward. Um, I, I'm not feeling like a, a purpose and an intentionality from all of the electronics and um, production techniques, um, you know, and I, and I know we've, we've kind of ended up complaining a lot about production and electronics music on the show. Um, but I actually like electronic music if, if it's good. So I just want to put that little caveat out there, but, you know, I, I just feel like, I, I wish there was more, more of a a direction here, and and you know I'll get a little bit more specific with my with my gripes later on. So, kind of my big takeaway is that I came into this, you know, loving those couple singles, and I still love them, but that's really the only thing I love about this. <laughs> um, that and Nate and Nate Roos's voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to that later on in this episode because I think we need to have like a little gush session about that voice because it's yeah. it's pure joy. Like it's it's just glorious. But um, you know, I I appreciate some of your comments about the overproduction because I think that they do get a little heavy-handed, definitely in certain tracks, and it probably throughout the album it could have just been dialed back. I think, um. You know, but what I love about this album is that it's it's like the exuberance of youth. And mm-hmm. that's why I that, that that was my inspiration for our opening question. Like, what sort of music were you listening to when you were like out in the world, young, having fun, no cares at all? And like what music was playing? Because I remember I'm probably like on a touch too old for this to be like my anthem but man i was going to a lot of weddings in this time frame and i swear this song was played constantly you know this album was tracks from this album were played all the time at those weddings and like people just feeling good feeling like the the effervescence of life and mm-hmm. though that's part of it and it's not you know, because obviously there's some struggles when you're young and you're trying to find your path and you're trying to figure out what is my place in the world? What am I going to do? How am I going to leave my mark? And all those sort of thoughts that every young person has. Um, I felt like they captured that very well in this album for the time in which they created it. And um, at the end of the day, I think all three of them are really great musicians. And I think um, 
if they just had a little bit more restraint on the production side, because some of the production stuff that they do is kind of cool, but then some of it is just like, oh, this is kind of like a trick of the studio. Um, it's like you can't recreate that in a live performance, which I kind of am not a huge fan of. It's just like then we're talking about like, I don't know, it's like special effects for music, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, but I think overall, they were trying to exude a sentiment of youth and ex- exploration and, you know, that sort of hero's journey and finding yourself. And I think that they did accomplish that, even if it was a bit heavy handed from time to time. Yeah, I yeah, I get that. Um you know, and since we were talking about, you know, kind of the exuberance of youth, um, what I what I was actually kind of thinking of um, is that, you know, this album feels to me like the equivalent of a, a letting loose a kindergartner in an ice cream sundae bar. <laughs> like, like, okay, so the kid gets mint chocolate ice cream, which is fine. Okay. And then then they get some chocolate sauce on top and some whipped cream. Okay, fine. Oh, but then next, all right, you want to put cherries on top of it? Okay, peanut butter cups, Swedish fish, what the hell are you doing? Like, like you gotta, <laughs> and then the kid eats, and then the kid takes two bites and they don't and they don't want it because it's because they put everything on it uh, that that kind of um it, you know just caught their eye without thinking about you know how it all tastes together. Um and sure, that's, sure. Yeah. That's that's kind of my just my big overarching um complaint because uh I think the the core of most of the songs is actually you know good. Um mm-hmm. so um yeah, so with that uh you know, you want to talk about some of uh some of our favorite moments here? Well, I would just say the opening is just fantastic. And I had never listened to the Some Nights intro, which is the mm-hmm. opening track of this album, and then into the full Some Nights that I think most of us are familiar with. And those two together, I think, are just pretty great. Um, they have, like, that operatic element up to it. And some people have compared them to Queen. I'm not going to go that far, but I can hear how people could make that connection to the group. Um, And obviously, um, Nate Roos's voice is very, you know, it soars, it's high above everything else, and it kind of keeps everything together. And I can hear how there's a comparison to uh, Freddie Mercury in that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's wonderful. But those two together, I think, were my favorite. And it's like, just a killer way to open an album. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to get into, maybe it goes downhill from there. Cause I think you're going to do plenty of that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but um, those two really, I mean, and even in that one, some nights there's a little bit of auto tune at the end of it, which is kind of weird. And even when I heard it as a single, I was like, Oh, that's a really great song. The ending is weird. I don't really understand what the purpose of that was. Um, I don't know what it was trying to accomplish. It's just kind of thrown in there where they could have just ended it conventionally. It would have been a really great song. Um, 
So those those are sort of my two favorites. I like one foot into stars. I think at the end it kind of works out pretty well. Um, but you know, what were the ones that stood out for you besides what I just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to go over you know some some nights again. Uh, you know, other than to say like it's a mo- it's a modern classic. I think. It, like just dynamically it's really interesting and I, I i feel like it's a i feel like it's a classic song at this point even though it's only 10 years old i mean i i feel like that one's gonna have real um staying power um you know carry on is great too um you know i think thematically that song might be like a little g- generic lyrically but um but sonically, it's interesting. Like, I love the accordion. And I think that song, more than any of the others, lets Nate Roos just do his thing without any, um, you know, augmentation or anything that, to change the way his his voice sounds. Because um, I think we both agree that it doesn't, doesn't need it. You know, so I, I love Carry On as well. If I had to pick a song other than the singles that I liked, it was um, It Gets Better. Because I I love that it's just an entertaining, cool song that has a uh, an 80s new wave vibe to it. It reminds me of the Go-Go's or something like that. Sure, um, sure, yeah. The opening, like, weird drum effect thing, like, I hate it, um, but I think that one, again, like the core of the song, I found to be just fun. And damn it, see what I did? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, uh, I think it's five or six now, so we got to yeah, be yeah. just right. Um, but yeah, but I, I just, I just thought it was cool, and with that song, since. I, I liked the core of it so much. I just kept thinking to myself, like, just do it regular. Can you just do it regular? Yeah. <laughs> um, well. But uh, yeah, so it, it gets better would would be like my next favorite choice after after those two. Well, what's interesting that you said that is that I went and sought out just acoustic versions of them, mm-hmm. even if it was at like a big concert or an awards ceremony or totally stripped down. And a lot of it still really holds up because, again, they are really good musicians. Um, you know, Jack Antonoff can really play the guitar like he's not faking it. Um, mm-hmm. And Nate Roos really can sing and he doesn't really need all that other stuff. So it was it was g- great to see that. And it's interesting and it's totally different. It sounds different. And you don't get like that pulsing kind of energy as much from all the production elements, which is fine because it's a different thing. Um, But it totally lends credibility to their, um, their, their talent on its own. And I just wish that they would embrace that more. I know. I think, I think, I think that they had a little bit too much uh, production 
going on in the studio. That's all. Yeah. So I I think we're in, you know, in, in agreement with a, a lot of those thoughts about just kind of the general sound of the album. I think maybe you were a little bit less annoyed than I was. Um, but another thing that we can definitely agree on is uh, just the fact of Nate Roos being a, a great lead singer. Um, Phenomenal. And yeah, yeah. And he does, um, I, I can definitely understand the way that people compare him to to Freddie Mercury. I mean, I think he, I think he has a similar tone and he, he of course has a similar range, but yeah, he has a similar tone, but then kind of like the more you, the more you listen to it, you realize that it's its own unique thing. You know, he's definitely not trying to, you know, rip off Freddie Mercury um, or, or any, or anything like that. Um, and it makes me want to kind of find out what the hell he's been doing. Um, you know, because uh, Jack Antonoff is, you know, producer du jour. His band Bleachers was on SNL uh, last mm-hmm. week as of the recording of this show. So, um, yeah, what did you think of it? I mean, I know you I know you enjoyed it, but uh, what are some of your kind of finer points about him? So, well, to pick up your... Uh, your final point, I think he's just doing solo work now. So we, I guess we both have to explore that because I didn't realize that until we started prepping for this episode. Um, Nate Roos, that is, he's just making his own music and doing his own thing, um, which, I don't know, would be interesting to check out. What I love about his voice is that it's so free and it doesn't feel manipulated in any way. And then I went to do a little bit of research and he, and I'm paraphrasing, but a quote from an article essentially said, you know, when people are asking him about how did he learn how to sing, like he sings, he would essentially say, well, I'm not one for lessons. So basically I would put on the music that I liked in my car and crank it all the way up and see what I could do. And frankly, that's a technique I've employed plenty of times in my life, even though I have a very expensive vocal education. <laughs> yeah <laughs> where you just turn up the speakers as loud as you can and see what you can do um yeah and uh i think having that and having the freeness to it it just naturally flows into the different registers and um it's really just f- such a i almost said it such an <laughs> um such an enjoyable thing to listen to because it's so easy it's so smooth and um you know i think what's really great about a lot of this album is that it it was made in collaboration and i think you can really hear it because all the different elements come in and out of it but from my research the uh the songs were typically created with Nate bringing in a melody and singing it. And then the other guys building off of that, creating Mm -hmm. the harmonies, creating the chord structure and doing what they did with it. And 
maybe they got a little bit too ambitious with some of the other things that they elements that they put into the song. But I think having that really showcases his voice. And I think that's why it's such um, kind of a bright element of this. And frankly, I, I don't know about you, Dan, but I can't really think of too many other contemporary singers who can sing like that, like pop singers. I don't know. Is there anybody that comes to mind for you? No, there, uh, there, there's no one, there's no one coming to mind right now that has, you know, a voice like his that, you know, that just, that just naturally sits high and he's able to, you know, like, like you said, just, just be free with it and just let those notes loose. And I don't recall him using any falsetto or some or anything to to get there um you know i think that maybe both of us probably need to listen to um we would need to listen to some contemporary r&b or something something that we're not familiar with to you know uh, to hear somebody yeah. with, with that kind of uh, um you know with that that type of bright tenor that's you know where that where his voice is sitting high like that um i think they're out there and we're just ignorant of them um but yeah and and the other thing too is that you know he's he's a straight up rock singer and this is and mm -hmm. it, this band is very poppy but it, it's a rock band and um I, you you kind of have to go back you know, 10 years to when this album was made to hear, you know, honest to goodness, you know, rock bands on the radio, um, you know, other than classic rock, whatever that means now. Um, so, you know, so all of that, I think, is very, very cool and very, um, very typical of something that you and I would would like, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But but having um, that yeah but having that um that sort of rock pop again you're probably right there's probably other groups songs performers we're not aware of that are in this genre um, but this one really to your earlier point it really sticks out and holds up you know it's almost ten years since they made this album. And still really great. And I'm sure if you put it on a party, a lot of the songs people would not be mad about. Um, I feel like we picked some nits, but are there anything in particular you want to point out that we haven't already touched on? Or I mean, I kind of feel like a jerk for pointing it out. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, okay. So, so I feel like we very seldom just straight up disagree about something. Mm -hmm. But I believe earlier you said that that One Foot was a song that you really liked. Mm -hmm. That's the worst uh, one, Joe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is the this is the song that Vladimir Putin puts on to get political prisoners to talk. This is terrible. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? It's no. fine. It's pop music, dude. It's really, it's not that offensive. But it's not even offensive in like 
I'm not finding it offensive in like a pop way where it's just like, oh, this is just straight, you know, saccharine to use a word that that you mm. like, you know, which is the kind of pop music that I'm usually complaining about. It's just annoying. Like the, that I rhythm, fi- that rhythm driving, is just annoying. I find the rhythm uh, effervescent. It doesn't bother me. It's my puts a pep in my step, my friend. <laughs> very agree to disagree fine. that's it. agree agree <laughs> to disagree something you know some things you can agree to disagree about and that and and pop music is one of them um do you have uh any final thoughts on your on your pick here joe well here's the thing man is that Shout out to Sonos, because I have some beautiful Sonos speakers in my house. You crank this thing up, and the house <laughs> rattles, and it's fun. And you're kind of like, I don't really care, because it just makes you, like, it just gives you energy, I guess. Yeah. And I think that they made it with that intention. And they made it for the audience of, like, yes, this is what we want in life. We want to be able to tackle the world with all of our energy and all of our um, exuberance and just take it on. And I completely agree with that sentiment. And was the execution flawless? No, but I think that there's a lot of great things to take from it. And, you know, I think if this at least brought attention to the three musicians who are in the group, I think that's a good thing. So I hadn't listened to it from front to back, and I'm happy I did. You know, am I going to be listening to it on repeat all the time? Probably not, but I will make sure that I keep them in my purview and hope that they bring, (laughs) with their maturity, they bring some more music into this world. Um, So those are my final thoughts. What are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are... Just that, um, you know, after after not hearing this music for for a while, you know, like we said at the beginning, there there's singles were all over the place mm-hmm. for like two or three years there. And I hadn't really listened to it. it listened to those in a while, but s- some nights in carry on, um, I was worried that maybe some of the some of the luster would be off of those tracks because I had heard them so much when they when they came out. Um, but having revisited them, I'm like, those are two really great classic songs um, that I think will stand the test of time. So that so that was my big. Uh, my big takeaway and you know and if they're if they're capable of doing that then you know i'm definitely interested to kind of go back and listen to their first album and also um you know like you said uh keep my eye out and see what all those guys are are doing down the road excellent excellent if you go back to that um first album let me just give you a uh I don't want to say warning because that's like a bad thing. Just give you a heads <laughs> up. It's kind of all over the place. It's like a little Sergeant Pepper's. It's a little, 
Like, there are many, many elements to it. It's kind of crazy. Um, so maybe uh, food for another episode of this uh, wonderful podcast that we've created. But it's, but I, I was happy we went back to listen to this one. And uh, the, they are a fun group. Uh, it's like them, you know, them and live. Fun and live. Like they're they're like two of the two of the worst band names in a way because it's like what are you listening to? Fun. Why well, do I know it's fun, but what it you know. <laughs> Who's on first? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so tell our faithful listeners what are we gonna be exploring next week? Okay, so or next time I should uh, say. Yeah, well, well I'm kind of um, I'm kind of laughing to myself a little bit because we're going to be talking about an album that I said I've wanted to do for a long time and I keep putting it off, um, but we're finally going to do it and it is. Is it because it's a, not fun? It's fun for me. I don't know if it'll be fun <laughs> for you. Um, but um, it's. I, I think I kept putting it off because it's a because it's a little obscure, but it's highly influential, and mm-hmm. it's the album "Loveless" by My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, kind of the merits of the album itself, and also the influence that this album had on music throughout the '90s. Um, so, for some of our listeners, this is going to be. Uh, brand new but if you're kind of a uh a, you know a rock music or alternative music nerd like i am it's should be something that you've that you've heard of but uh, uh i'm very interested to you know to hear your reactions when we get to it so i will tell you it's going to be brand new for me i've heard of it i've never listened to it so uh i look forward to uh diving into that one all right awesome Uh, Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. Um, And we will certainly have fun on our next episode. Fun, fun. (laughs) Brothers in Song is written and produced by Joseph Collin and Daniel Collin and edited by Daniel Collin. To keep up with the latest news, Follow us on Instagram at Brothers in Song. Until next time, listen to some new music. You just may surprise yourself. <laughs> <laughs>